Hi, weather friends. Welcome to the Girls Who Chase podcast, stories of women in weather and storm chasing. I'm Jen. I'm a storm chaser and science communicator, and I'll be your host. Girls Who Chase is a new initiative that empowers and inspires girls and women around the world to pursue the sciences, the weather, and their passions. On this podcast, we'll bring you the badass female and female-identified voices of the storm chasing weather and science community to raise and tackle some real-life tough questions and issues and identify solutions and paths forward. You can find out more about what we're doing at girlswhochase.com. Now, on to the show. Storm chaser and extreme meteorologist Dr. Reed Timmer probably needs no introduction to this audience. Reed has been storm chasing since the mid-1990s, when he destroyed the family video camera in Hale, filming a severe thunderstorm in his family's front yard. He went on to obtain his bachelor's and then PhD in meteorology from the University of Oklahoma. Since then, he's been living his dream capturing the most extreme weather across the United States, Canada, and other parts of the globe. He filmed his first tornado in 1998 and is the first person to capture high-definition video inside a tornado. He was one of the first significant severe weather content creators, and his footage continues to be purchased and shared widely. He's the star of the 2008 Discovery Channel TV series, Storm Chasers, and has appeared in several other widely recognized television series, including Tornado Chasers and Storm Rising. Like, why are we even having this conversation, right? Why does it matter that there's diversity in chasing? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if it's just you and a few folks out there getting footage and doing the dangerous things, does that really change anything? Well, anytime a community gets large enough, uh, you start to look deeper and see you know, who's represented in, in that community or hobby or storm chasing. And as storm chasing has grown so rapidly in popularity since the movie Twister came out and since storm chasers came out, there are so many people out in the field now. And then the advent of social media has really increased the popularity of storm chasing. And as the community gets bigger, you start to self-analyze a bit and uh, look deeper in your own community and in yourselves. And uh, you start to notice that other groups are underrepresented in storm chasing, like females, like minorities. You just, you'd like to see everybody equally represented and you'd like to see your large community, a subset of the entire world. And uh, because you know that that passion for storm chasing is evenly distributed throughout the world as well, depending on everybody's unique upbringing in the environment that they grew up in and matured in. Uh, but you just want everybody to have access to this beautiful hobby and uh, storm chasing is so beneficial to the people that live in the path of these storms for increasing awareness of tornadoes happening, for calling in those reports, for field science. Um, I even hate that you have to be an academic with you know 10 years of college to really participate in a serious field project of science. I think that science should be available to everybody to pursue, whether you have a, a, an advanced meteorology degree or whether you're just passionate in it with natural born skills or self-taught skills. Uh, I think that everybody should be involved in any of the sciences. And I think that the key for us now that our community is so large is to uh, encourage these groups that are underrepresented in storm chasing to follow their passion and to get involved. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about your podcast and the girls who chase is that it is inspiring uh, those uh, young females that have a passion for storm science and for meteorology that there is a pathway as a storm chaser. And I think that that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about 
how we define storm chaser and how maybe culture has mm -hmm. um, his history and culture have contributed to this definition. Um, and that's in particular why I wanted to talk to you, Reed. So you spent a little bit, just a little bit of time in school, <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> just a tiny bit. Um, so what was your experience um, going through school in terms of proportions of men to women and how did that look different maybe um, in the sciences versus other areas at university? Well, you're right. I went to the University of Oklahoma for a long time, 17 years continuous enrollment from 1998 to 2015. And I certainly wish I could drag it out many more years because college was an awesome experience. Um, I went to the University of Oklahoma down in Norman and I was storm chasing a lot. So that likely contributed to my long stay there at the University of Oklahoma. But when I first started, uh, professors and the gatekeepers there frowned upon the popularity of meteorology that was caused by the movie Twister. They were alarmed by the really large class sizes and I wish that they were more supportive of the popularity in meteorology and more embrace it uh, because it shows that there's so much potential in the future for the future generations for that field of meteorology and storm chasing. People would say there are no jobs in meteorology. There's so many people, you're not gonna be able to find a job. You should consider shifting your major. And that was kind of the big energy back then is there was a, you know, a lot of fear that maybe meteorology was growing too popular, which is pretty insane if you think about it. You know, Normally if a science like that is getting popular, it's only a good thing for the future generations. But even though the initial classes, there, there, there were definitely was a, a, a dominance of males versus females, but it was closer uh, to being equally represented in my classes at the University of o Oklahoma than in the storm chasing on the side. And as I mentioned, we often had to storm chase in secret at the University of Oklahoma because it was so frowned upon by the professional meteorologists and the academics who also were storm chasing during the 80s and 90s. And it was very frowned upon back then, so we had to storm chase in secret. So you kind of had this little side storm chasing community that women were a little bit less represented in as the uh, regular classes. And you have to wonder if the movie Twister where uh, Doctor or uh, Helen Hunt uh, was the lead character there, the lead of the team. And maybe that inspired a lot of young female scientists with a passion for meteorology to, uh, to, to pursue studying it for a degree. But then the subset of that of that group of, of uh, female meteorologists that are willing to take an additional risk and be a renegade secret storm chaser so that the professors and the professional academics and meteorologists don't see you, I think that that even further uh, reduced the number of women that were represented in storm chasing. And that was just sad, um, uh, honestly. But there still were female storm chasers out there, lots of renegades out there that would do it in secret. Uh, we mentioned the Twister sisters, Melanie Metz and Peggy Wellenberg that started their show, the first ever reality storm chasing show in 2006. I licensed footage to it uh, as well. And I'm appreciative for that opportunity to help pay my bills by licensing footage. You know how it is as a storm chaser, you're always kind of living you know, uh, by the seat of your pants a little bit. Uh, but it was awesome to see uh, Peggy and Melanie Metz uh, dominate, you know, the storm chasing scene there with the Twister sisters and then storm chasers started. And uh, there were females that were represented in storm chasers, but they were always kind of playing side roles. And I think we really needed Peggy and Melanie, Peggy Wellenberg and Melanie Metz to be a dominant team in storm chasers. And if they just worked us all during storm chasers, I think that that would be another shining light for young females to follow the path of storm chasing. 
But now with social media and the advent of your podcast, The Girls Who Chase, I think that we're back on the right track uh, for inspiring more females to get into storm chasing and to achieve that more equal representation. Now that our community has matured uh, beyond those original gate gatekeepers, just trying to shut down the whole entire hobby so that they could be the only people that do it. So how do you think, cause it's, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Twister Sisters um, because typically Storm Chasers is upheld as one of the primary storm chasing reality shows. Um, and I think, you know, maybe part of that is because it was being run it, it was more accessible on television potentially mm -hmm. than twister sisters but um how do you think storm chasers so post twister how storm chasers and some of the other um reality shows like tornado road contributed to who people <laughs> thought a storm chaser was well i think that those shows Sometimes the shows weren't a true reality show too. Like for example, uh, some of the shows would like Storm Chasers, they would even have a little bit of drama in there that wasn't always a hundred percent reality. You know, you couldn't always capture everything in the moment with the cameras in there. And so I'm not sure that it was the best depiction of the reality of storm chasing, but I can only speak for that. I think that, uh, and Tornado Road as well. I think that with reality television, there was a desire from television producers that, oh, we need drama for this thing to succeed, which, you know, real life does have drama in it, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't have as much as is depicted in some of the reality shows. So I think that that was kind of a bit of a push. But one thing that these reality shows did show very accurately were uh, people's immense passion for storm chasing whether male or female, uh, whether Twister Sisters or Storm Chasers or the female Storm Chasers in Storm Chasers. I think that it definitely showed the passion for Storm Chasing and that there are like-minded people that have similar passions. But I agree, it is a shame that Twister Sisters didn't get the reach of Storm Chasers. And it was on uh, women's entertainment television instead of a Discovery Channel. And I wish that Twister Sisters was on more of a mainstream network like a Discovery or National Geographic or one of the really big uh, networks, and maybe it would have put our uh, community on a different trajectory with more equal representation by males and females in storm chasing. Because that, as we know, I mean, the, the females are the best storm chasers out there with Melanie Metz. I mean, very talented, you know, incredible photography skills and getting up close to tornadoes. I mean, she was the best storm chaser of our generation back then and still is today. So. I think that, you know, shining a light on, on stories like that is definitely important to get more equal representation. And here we are where when I tell people I storm chase, they ask how many tornadoes I've driven into. <laughs> so at some point we got to where I think people who don't know a lot about storm chasing assume that storm chasing means getting in a dominator Mm -hmm. and driving into <laughs> the outer circulation of a large tornado. So there's definitely, you know, it, it, when you look at how media has um, set culture in terms of defining who people are and what they do, right? It doesn't, people's understanding is maybe forever defined to some degree by some of these cultural representations. And so how do we shift things from 
people think we drive into tornadoes with dominators to a storm chaser is anyone, including people who maintain a safe distance, mm-hmm. <laughs> like structure shots, do things from further away that maybe is a little bit safer. Yeah, I, I definitely have a broad definition for storm chasing, more broad than some of the other definitions out there. And when I first started storm chasing, there was kind of a big debate and and, uh, people were trying to put a rift between storm spotters and storm chasers. And then they would try to say, oh, storm spotters are more important because they're sitting on a hill outside of their community watching the tornado come in instead of moving along with it in a Lagrangian sense. Really, it just comes down to whether you're a point point relative uh, framework, Eulerian or Lagrangian, you know, so I think a storm chaser, you're moving with the flow a lot more, whereas a storm spotter, you're in a ground relative location. I consider both storm chasers. Uh, to be honest. And I consider anything from people that will be 10 miles away from the storm shooting a time lapse with a a beautiful artistic time lapse to driving into a tornado doing a hook slice maneuver from 100 yards away. I consider both of those activities storm chasing. And I also consider the media chasers that are out there working for media organizations and covering the stories of the people before, during, and after the storm. I even consider them storm chasers as well. I don't consider the contractors, though, that arrive and, you know, are sometimes even being fraudulent uh, with their recovery of, uh, of buildings and structures in these damage paths. I don't consider them storm chasers, even though that that term has been used in a negative light on that side of things. But I consider all of those and every activity in between storm chasing. And one thing I have noticed is that while getting close to tornadoes, driving through a tornado, whether in a dominator or even getting in the outer circulation in a regular vehicle. I think that they had a very narrow window of popularity where it it was kind of glorified, but I think that the other communities in the rest of the world quickly kind of snapped back on that and labeling that group as stupid, or these are yahoos over here. This is a lesser intelligent human being here because they're getting close to a tornado. You know, what are these people thinking? And I think out of that energy, has given rise to the time lapsers. You you see all these films every year, dozens of films with the one meteorological term on there now. Beautiful shots, beautiful scenery, color corrections, incredible, incredible music as well. And I think that you're, and now when I storm chase, when I'm close to the tornado, you hardly see anybody. Nobody's up close to it, but you're passing these huge groups of like 20, 30, 50 people with tripods all giving each other five, getting time lapses far away from the tornado. Everyone's pumping out NFTs. It's become this beautiful thing. So I would argue that storm chasing, the popular part of storm chasing is shifting from, or already has shifted from the lost art form of the up close storm chasing to this new art form of setting up with a tripod and being further back and getting those fantastic structure shots, releasing films and, and, uh, you know, dropping NFTs and, you know, doing that kind of thing. So I'm definitely, definitely have noticed a shift and, you know, sometimes when you get up, I think that it's related to that energy of if you get up close to a tornado, you're an idiot. And I hate that energy, whether you're male or female, because I think that if we appreciate everybody's art form from the whole range of storm chasing, from being further back and analyzing the structure to being up close to the media chaser, chasers and storytellers, to the field scientists, the people that are funding their own science or working for a university or a big government grant and funding their science that way, I think that 
everybody should be supportive of everybody's art form. But I think that's also a sign that our community is maturing when you start to get these weird little riffs. My subgroup of this group is more important than this group. What we're doing is harder than that one or this and that. You know, I think that that's a sign that our community is maturing and that there is a need for these initiatives like Girls Who Chase and for getting these other groups a uh, uh, better representation in our, our beautiful community. We do seem to, though, reward the zero metering, windshield blowing out, um, seemingly reckless chasers with more attention still from a media I'm not sure that's the case. I, I think that if we looked deeper into the stats, it might seem that these time lapses are getting a collectively larger number of views, more revenue through NFTs and ad revenue, whereas the up close videos are getting taken down on social media platforms that just on TikTok, I tried to post a video and we were dropping an instrument probe in the path of the tornado and it got taken down and now my account's getting throttled and you know, I, I definitely think I'm not sure what the stats support, but I think that the reason uh, it's becoming more and more popular to shoot these beautiful time lapses is because they're getting more attention and more revenue from it. Fascinating. And it might be a, a, a less dangerous as well, you know, so you can kind of have a, a higher return of investment for your time, you know, and uh, you don't destroy your vehicle, for example, and. You know, you won't be ripped online when you post a video, zero metering. Everyone's like, oh, you idiot. You know, I wouldn't have done that. I'm safer than you. I'm more intelligent than you. So, you know, I, but I, I'm kind of a, a little protective of the art form that is up close storm chasing because I've been fighting for it for 25 years. And, it, you know, it's hard for me to encourage people to storm chase because then the people will say, oh, you're encouraging people to do something dangerous and. You know, but I, I just try to show people that there is a path and, you know, there is an ability to storm chase all the way from shooting time lapses further off to getting up close to tornadoes to pumping out M NFTs and to providing a weather briefing. So you're seeing a lot of these uh, meteorologists on social media that are now providing weather briefings and getting more views than many of the traditional news networks where there's such a limited opportunity for, for employment at those news networks that I think it's a beautiful thing with the advent of social media. Really anybody can ship out a weather briefing now, male or female, as long as you have an internet connection, everybody can be pumping out radar briefings, weather briefings, forecast discussions, time lapses, you know, up close Yahoo videos. You know, I think it's a, a beautiful thing. But yeah, I wish that there was an all-female team that was just getting up close to the tornado as well these days. But there is Melanie Metz. I think it's up close to the tornadoes, and uh, you know, which is awesome. But I think that's equally as awesome as somebody that's shooting beautiful structure of a supercell approaching. I think that those are equally incredible talents and both very important. Uh, the storm structure from a meso scale, and then the storm scale as well. I mean, you can see fractals from the synoptic scale down to the meso scale down to the storm scale and i think that seeing those fractals and similarities in, in the different scales of meteorology is also a beautiful thing hi girls who chase podcast listeners it's jen host of the podcast and founder of girls who chase if you've ever thought to yourself i'd love to start storm chasing but i have no idea how to get started believe me you're not alone We've been hearing this over and over since we launched in early 2022, 
and I've thought a lot about how we might be able to help. After all, our mission is not just to inspire and empower, it's to equip as well. Today, I've got some exciting news for you. We've put together a virtual Storm Chase training we'll be offering Saturday, March 4th, 2023, that I'm calling Spring Training. And yes, the pun is intended. Just like in baseball, we'll gather every spring to shake off the rust, refresh our skills, and get ready to hit a home run. Spring Training, which we're providing in partnership with the leading meteorology education organization, Comet's MetEd program, will provide foundational, operational, and accessible information and training material for storm chasers at all levels. From those who want to begin their chase education or brush up on the basics, to more advanced chasers wanting to learn more in depth about specialized topics. Spring training speakers are experts within their fields, and the training is an opportunity to learn from them in depth in addition to offering interactive opportunities to ask questions and chat with chasing veterans. If you're wondering, yes, you can afford this. This event will always be held virtually and remain affordable. Girls Who Chase is a global community and we believe strongly in making science and learning accessible to everyone without the constraints of travel or financial hardship. And we're offering an additional early bird discount if you register by December 31st, 2022. And if you can't make it on March 4th, don't worry. We'll be recording all presentations and they'll be made permanently available to registrants. For all the details, including topics, speakers, and the schedule, please go to girlswhochase.com slash spring training. We hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. So talk to me a little bit about for you what support looks like because we're we're doing this really to break down a little bit of how can men support women in chasing but really on a much grander scale it's the community at large that is driving this right it, it girls who chase exists not because of me or any one person or any group of people it's it's the chase community that that said that we needed this. So um, how can we start to make some small, mid-size, even large changes in terms of supporting one another, yeah. um, but also, you know, helping make sure that the decent number of female chasers make it uh, to media and social media and elsewhere in the same um, ratio as content driven by men. What does that look like? Well, I, I think one issue with storm chasing is people start to do it, you know, and then they run out of money and don't see a path forward to continue to do it. And so, you know, that that's definitely an issue. And it comes down, how do you generate resources to storm chase? You have to work a job or have five side jobs. I've always had like five or six different jobs that I've had to have in storm chasing. And, you know, so I think to get more equal representation, maybe if you just made programs in there where the finances were kind of set up for people for five or 10 years or so. Yeah, I don't, maybe our, our community is not quite mature enough on an economic sense to really make it widely available to everyone so the only thing that we can really do is start up podcasts like you did the girls who chase and to 
put a spotlight on those female storm chasers that are making it in storm chasing to get more females to recognize their passion and to also recognize that there is a path to make a living following that passion. So I think putting a spotlight on people like yourself who are out there storm chasing out there, getting it done, you know, intercepting all these storms and doing incredible content and a podcast like this is just inspired. I mean, who knows how many females that have that passion deep down that just don't have an outlet for it, but they see your podcast and then realize that there is a path forward for that passion and I think that that's a, a thing that needs to be done. And uh, all the other podcasts, I mean, there's podcasts all over the place now. I think that it would be awesome if this topic were discussed in all of those um, and within the media. But in general, I think storm chasing in general needs to be better respected as a profession as well. I think within the meteorological community, you have professors and TV meteorologists and National Weather Service meteorologists that may think that they're a little bit more important in the meteorology community than storm chasing, or maybe that storm chasing is, you know, more of a, not as worthwhile of a, an activity as going on the path through academia or into the national weather service or forecasting. And so I think in general, we need our community as a whole to be better, better respected as a profession. In addition to having better representation by females and, and, uh, and minorities as, as well in storm chasing. How about, can we drill down a little bit into like, what is uh, showcasing support and trust in female chasers mm -hmm. look like, right? So like what's come up in past discussions is sharing more content. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all share each other's content. Um, somebody gets a great photo or some great footage and it makes the rounds around social mm -hmm. media and everyone comments on it stuff. Um, and is there an opportunity to do more of that? Is there an opportunity to um, uncover other content that exists that maybe isn't getting the attention that it deserves? Like how do we showcase a, a broader diversity of content? The second coming of the movie Twister with greater female representation would be a good step. Uh, I think the return of the Twister sisters or all female storm chaser series uh, would also help. Uh, I think that sharing uh, the content of other female chasers, uh, males and everybody else in our community, uh, that's one way that I've been trying to help. And not a quote tweet, but an actual retweet. You know, I don't like to add my two cents on the top. I think that's kind of a way to generate traction based on another person's content. So I just do a raw retweet and um, other chasers out there. Jessica Moore is out there just dominating the NFT. Uh, industry, Lori Grace as well, posting just incredible uh, artistic content as well. That is showing a, another pathway for both male and female storm chasers on the NFT side of things for more of the photography, time-lapse side of things. And uh, I think that sharing more of that content and sharing women dominating in storm chasing, sharing their wins, you know, I think is important in sharing their incredible work because the fact is, is in a lot in a lot of ways, it's better. You know, a lot of the time lapses are, are better, a lot of the footage. And, uh, you know, I think that sharing that content is uh, is important and uh, to, to try to get equal representation of males and females in storm chasing and to kind of uh, really hammer home that storm chasing isn't just driving into a tornado or blowing your windows out by hail. Uh, 
And, you know, I think that uh, storm chasing is also these beautiful time lapses. And I think that there's a lot of views and a lot of attention that's going toward these beautiful time lapses that are, uh, you know, that show the structure of the storm. And I've noticed that some of the up close footage is getting throttled by the social media platform. So I think that it, that should naturally work itself out. I, I think that I think that getting up close to tornadoes is going to continue to be a, a dying art form for both males and females. Sadly. Well, not as long as you're alive. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, what, I, what, I, what did you say? 40, 50 years with medical yeah. advancements? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm taking that. I don't get quite as close as I used to. Well, I guess not. I get, I still try to drive into I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I don't really mind. I always feel like I can make a last second adjustment, you know, like burying the car in the ditch or see the tornado move a little bit. And I'm always hopeful that there is always going to be an opportunity to make a, a last second adjustment. So last question, uh, when do we get from female chaser to storm chaser? I, since the beginning, I've always viewed us all as storm chasers. And, uh, you know, when I, when I see uh, Melanie Metz in the field, I see a storm chaser. When I see you in the field, I see a storm chaser. When I see Simon Brewer, I see a storm chaser. When I see, uh, some of the original storm chasers that are still out there at this age. And, but I agree that other people don't see it the same way, uh, right now. They probably do see a female that storm chases as a female storm chaser. Um, so I, I think the key is just our, our community continues to have the need to mature. Uh, it definitely has a need to promote disproportionately female storm chasers over male to try to achieve that equal representation. And while we're doing that, I think that we also need to be careful and skirt that fine line where it doesn't look like we're just singling out females, but you know, we're promoting them because of their superior work. And I think that that's important as well. It is kind of a fine line to skirt as our community is maturing. Uh, but all we can do is uh, stay true to our original desire that everybody should have access to this beautiful hobby, this beautiful profession, anybody that has that deep down uh, that deep down passion for meteorology. It's such a unique passion that lasts your entire life and it only gets stronger as you get older. And some people that maybe didn't see a path in storm chasing had to keep that passion suppressed a bit. And that's definitely sad. I think that we need to make sure that we shine a light on the female chasers that are out there dominating to show a path for young females that are passionate about the science of storm chasing uh, while also helping uh, our community to mature in a very healthy way huge potential for a female that's driving into tornadoes and blowing their windows out to get a lot of attention and a, a lot of, you know, a very bright light shined on their work. So I've just been kind of waiting for that person to emerge. <laughs> so we just need to find a good reckless female chaser. Yeah. And not, and not just, and not hate <laughs> on her for being reckless, you know, support her for being reckless. Because I think whether I think if you're reckless as a male or female, you, you you do achieve a level of hate for sure. I mean, you can look through my YouTube comments if you want to see. No, but this is an interesting point actually, because if you were to put a female doing things like that side by side with a male doing things like that, that the likelihood that the male would catch crap is much higher. Why do you think that? I think again, it's culture. 
So, I mean, for the same reason that we're not recognizing female chasers as much in media, you know, it, it, my suspicion is that the female might be upheld as being a badass. Well, these are all assumptions. I I think it's possible that if the female regularly drove into tornadoes and regularly blew out the window, window, that there's a chance that they may not get the Yahoo label. Maybe it could be viewed in a different light. Because the Yahoo is kind of looked at as a guy drinking Coors Light, throwing the Coors Light into the tornado, being stupid, you know. And so you got to wonder if maybe there is a pathway and a door, you know, for the extreme up close Yahoo female storm chaser. (laughs) You know, maybe I I might point my uh, my my uh, nieces in that direction. So my older sister has the uh, two or my two nieces, uh, Sadie and Hazel, and they're really into weather but maybe i'll groom them to be extreme up close hardcore storm chasers and then we can run an experiment and analyze the different reactions of the two videos yep but i I think we just need more females storm chasing in general whether it's shooting time lapses getting up close to a storm deploying instrumentation and science you know our community is already small and we get enough hate to subdivide individual communities out of that community to give more hate toward that smaller community within the storm chasing community so you know i think a a a positivity is usually the the way to go and reallocating that positivity in different directions can always help a community mature in a healthy way instead of reallocating negative energy to different subgroups of a community for the purpose of advancement gotcha well thanks very much for the thoughts and your time today yeah thank you so much for having me appreciate it yeah i'm a big fan of girls who chase and i'll keep promoting it the best that i can and use my following to continue to put a spotlight on females that are doing great things in storm chasing so If I make any missteps, I I hope that you'll let me know so that I can correct my behavior and have a better path forward. Today's episode was recorded and edited by me, Jen Walton. Our music is by storm chaser Lori Bailey in collaboration with artist Ines Lobo. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us at Girls Who Chase on Instagram and Twitter to hear about our upcoming events and see storm photos and videos from our badass contributors. You can support this initiative by donating or by becoming a Patreon member where you'll get exclusive access to storm chasing content, forecasting information, and merchandise. You can find links to all of these at girlswhochase.com and in the show notes. Signing off for now, we'll see you under a mezzo.